0: Three, two, one, zero, ignition, liftoff. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of now, here's your host, the Small Biz Chat Lady herself, Melinda Emerson.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady. I want to welcome you to another solo podcast of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. You know, this month marks my 24th year in business, and... My coming up on my 14th year as your small business lady, as America's number one small business expert. And I know a lot of times when I get up on my year anniversary of my business. I oftentimes will tell about all the things that I learned or the best advice that I have. But this year, I thought it would be really helpful if I shared with you all three times over the last 24 years that I actually thought I wasn't going to have a business, that I actually thought we were going to go out of business. Because I think sometimes, you know, people see pictures of me or they see me on TV or you know, come to one of my webinars and they think everything's great, everything's rainbows, my phone rings off the hook. And that's true now, but that was not always true. And so I thought that it would be really helpful for you all to understand a little bit more about my journey. So there's three stories that I'm going to tell on today's podcast. The first story I'm going to tell you is about the first time I just wasn't sure that we were going to make it. And it happened in 2004. So I started maybe like five years in my business and, you know, we had a good first and second quarter, but third quarter was just okay, And fourth quarter was terrible. And for the first time ever, I got down to Christmas and I could not pay my staff. I couldn't give out the paychecks the week before Christmas. And I mean, I remember how I felt. I remember feeling lower than a snail's belly. And at the time, my husband and I always spent Christmas in Florida with his family. And honestly, the only reason why we were still able to go to Florida for Christmas was because I had bought the plane tickets in August. Otherwise, we wouldn't have even had enough money to go be with our family for Christmas. And I remember packing up for us to leave. And I'd I'd had no Christmas presents. I I had no money to buy anybody anything. I think we barely had money to pay the rent at the office and and the mortgage here at the house. I mean, things were really, really tight. And I wrote out all of the payroll checks. I signed them all and I gave them to my assistant before we left. And I said, You can't give these to anybody, but I want to at least sign them just in case some miracle happens and I can actually pay everybody. And I just remember getting on that plane and feeling like I had a F in black marker. Posted on my forehead. I mean, I felt bad. I felt like a failure. I felt like I had let my team down. I was showing up for my favorite holiday with no presents for anybody. I mean, it was just really bad. And so we finally got to Tampa. We landed. We were in the baggage claim waiting for our bags to come. And my cell phone rang. It was one of my clients from Verizon, actually. It was one of my clients. And he said, hey, Melinda, I've got this project that I want you to do for me in January. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, are we even going to still be in business in January because I had no money and and none even coming in? It wasn't like I was waiting on a check. There there was no check coming. And he said, but listen, I got to get this money out of my budget. So for before the end of the year, they're going to take it back. So I'm going to wire to your account. $40,000 and we can settle up later, uh, you know, with the proper paperwork and everything. Just know you owe me a project in January. Would that be okay? And he will never know that he saved us. But that Christmas, we got saved by a client who had to get the money out of his budget before the end of the year. And it and it saved us. It, it saved Christmas for us. It saved Christmas for my staff. And I remember being like, you know, that could not be anything but God that just saved us. But, you know, over the years, there's been so many sort of like really, really close calls like that. It, you know, a year later in 2005, I got pregnant with my son, ended up on bed rest for six months. And. I, you know, back then Wi-Fi wasn't in everybody's houses. I basically got sent home and I was at home. I had a Palm 3 cell phone trying to run my business and you can imagine it didn't run so well. I also was the number one rainmaker salesperson in my business. So when I got pulled out of my business, there was a couple of things I learned from that. Number one, that you have to have someone selling in your business other than you. Number two, I had built a culture of I made all the decisions and everyone had to come to me to get decisions made. So when I wasn't there, I had I had built a culture of people proactively thinking and doing things. I built a culture. You had to come ask mama. I, you know, I had a bunch of doers. I didn't have any thinkers working for me. And I realized that I had made the number one mistake in business. I had built a business that couldn't run without me. And I swore that I would never ever run a business like that again. And that's actually what led me to become the small business lady in the first place. Because I said, my gosh, I really would have run my business better if I had had better advice. But back then, there wasn't anybody really giving small. Business is advice, not in mainstream media, like where you would really see it. I mean, certainly Michael Gerber had written the e-myth and stuff by then, but real advice on what to do, how to handle things, you know, what kind of workers you really needed, you know, that kind of stuff. And and I realized that there was an opportunity for me to help other people not make the mistakes that I did. After I had my son, I ended up shutting down my office in the city moving to a more economical office out in the county because the taxes in the city of Philadelphia were killing us. But I also realized that I wanted to change my whole business, my whole business model. And we, you know, stopped doing just videos and websites at that point. I had read a trade journal talking about social media and how it was going to be the next big thing. And I decided to push all our chips in that direction. But it took about a year to make the transition. It took about a year for our customers to be like, "Oh yeah, social media." So we still had to do projects I didn't want to do for cash flow purposes until we could do the projects that we wanted to do that we knew were going to be the future of our company. And so that happened in 2005. And by the way, my son wasn't born until December of that year, so I spent that whole summer, fall, winter pregnant. So that wasn't super fun. (laughs) But my son got here. He was great. He's healthy. And but that was another really, really expensive, expensive lesson that I learned. And another lesson that I learned very early on in my business, when I first started my company, Quintessas Entertainment Inc., I actually had a business partner. And She was actually a colleague that worked with me at the television station. And the reason why I brought her on as my business partner was because I thought I needed her. I had convinced myself that she was older. She had more credentials. She had won an Emmy. And I was like, ah, you know, I need her credentials to make my business credible. And so I was working really hard. I was single. She was married. She had a little kid. She couldn't put in the hours that I put in. And eventually I just had to, you know kick her out of the business, buy her out of the business, whatever. But I had to figure out, I had to get the courage to move forward by myself. And remember, I was really young. I started my first business when I was 26 years old. And what I will tell you is there's a lot of imposter syndrome you feel when you're 26 year old and starting a business. You don't know who you are yet, let alone how you're going to run this business. And I'm an extremely different person, different leader today than I was back then. I was, you know, probably a coercive leader would probably be the best way to describe me. I certainly at one point <laughs> was called Captain Bly by somebody. You know, I think that over time, once you get more confidence in yourself, you don't have to feel like you have to have all the answers, like you have to make all the decisions. But the one thing you have to do is be willing to bet on yourself, be willing to believe in yourself. And sometimes when everyone else thinks you're crazy, like, they, they, like they're going to think you're crazy for quitting your job in the first place to start a business. People might think you're crazy for completely pivoting and doing something completely different that was brand new that nobody even knew a whole lot about. When social media first started, people thought, Twitter, what the hell is that, right? Who knew the power of social media that would be so pervasive in people's lives just 10, 15 years later? And I think that one of the things, one of the best things I ever did was pay attention to uh, the trends in my industry, read trade journals, like really pay attention to what's next and not focus so much on what my customers need today, but focusing on what my customers need tomorrow and being there and being that resource. I also think that one of the things I learned over the years is you've got to focus on keeping your customers. Keeping your customers is far less expensive than going out here and getting new ones. I've always known about the power of branding and messaging because I, I am a journalist and communications person and marketing expert by background. But I think it's deeper than that. I think it's about pricing and it's about positioning before it's even about pricing. It's like, who do you want to be? Are you the luxury provider? Are you the middle of the road provider? Or are you the, the low cost volume provider? All of those business models make money. You just have to figure out which one you're going to be. And sometimes you have to change. Sometimes you were the volume provider. Now you want to be the luxury provider. That's okay, but you have to be intentional. You can't be a little bit in. You always have to be all in. And I think the other thing is, is that my faith has always carried me through. There's many, many years I worried myself to death about this business. I wore out the carpet in my bedroom worrying about this business. I gave myself acid reflux and and irritable bowel syndrome worrying about this business. And what I will tell you is that my life got so much better when I really, really relied on my faith and stop leading with worry, instead leading with faith. And I will tell you that every time I get worried about something or worry about a check, I swear to you, a check shows up or an opportunity shows up. And so what I just want to encourage you is that you don't get to 24 years by yourself. You get to 24 years by learning the lesson the first time so you don't have to learn it again. There's plenty of ways to be a fool about money. There's plenty of ways to be used in business but the thing you want to always be is of service. You always want to be helpful. Don't lose sight of your customers and don't forget about your employees. They are the front line. They are who interfaces with your customer. And if you're good to them, they'll be good to your customer. If you nickel and dime them, they're going to nickel and dime your customers. And just be open, you know, be a reader, readers or leaders, and just be willing to work on your leadership as much as you're willing to work on your negotiating skills and pricing skills. And if you do that, you'll be in business for way longer than me. All right. This is Melinda Emerson, the small business lady. I want to leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. I wish you all well.
0: Thanks for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday for more fantastic information and interviews. You can find more sources and small business success strategies by visiting Melinda's website, SucceedAsYourOwnBoss.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.